And this is Worldwide Veronica with a K. No one will discover the world for you. Veronica with a K here again to give you a weekly dose of cultural exposure we also desperately need these days. As you can inform from the title, I'm Veronica, spelled with a K. I'm an international student at Washington Lee University in the U.S. from Russia. This show is dedicated to international students and their spectacular stories from all over the world. Today in the studio with me is Jesse Jung. Jesse, would, t- would you tell me about yourself? Hi guys, my name is Jesse. I'm a sophomore at Washington Lee University. I was um, raised in Beijing, China, but I moved to the U.S. when I was in middle school, lived in Norman, Oklahoma, and then moved to Schaumburg, Illinois for high school. I plan on studying anthropology and religion here as of now, and that's about it. That is very exciting. So you have been in the U.S. for a very long time at this point. Right. Um, why did you end up studying in the U.S.? Like, did your whole family move, or how did that work out? So, no, not, I think, well, I have a lot of relatives in the U.S., mm-hmm. but within my primary family, so, like, my parents and I, th- I'm the only one who's in the U.S. right now, so oh, both okay. my parents are working, still in China. I just came to the U.S. because, um, I, my parents and I always talked about, like, having, like, a higher education in the U.S., mm-hmm. and, like, at that time, the common belief like, within the Chinese parents is that, you know, like, if you want your kids to have good English, to have, like, a easier adaptation time mm-hmm. at U.S., you should try to send them off earlier. So, like, high school and middle school. Mm-hmm. So that by the time they reach college, they wouldn't have that, you know, period where it's, like, grades are important, but at the same time, you're also adjusting to college. So that, like, adjustment might, like, af- affect your grades in mm-hmm. a, in a bad way. So that's what we thought about, and I also just have a couple of relatives living in Oklahoma at that time, and there was like a private school in the area, so it was just kind of like send her off to whichever place I have a relative in. Mm, that's that pretty much sense. how it started, yeah. That's good, yeah, and you had some family here who helped you get settled in and everything. Well, uh, how did you apply to this school? Was it like just an open application process, or did you have to transfer? How did that work out? So I did not actually know that, but turns out that school is pretty like pretty popular within the area or something. Oh, but it's it's also funny because it's a very small school. So I guess like every time when you have a little bit more applica- applicants, everything just become like very complicated. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that I was getting in until like I think middle of summer break. They like called my mom or like emailed my mom, be mm-hmm. like, "We have an open spot. Like, would you like to enroll your kid into the school?" And obviously, like, I think that's a really big conversation within all, like, you know, the parents and I, because for, like, U.S. families, that should be like, well, should we go to the school or should we not go to the school? Mm -hmm. It's like, for the Chinese families, we're like, should we go abroad or should we not go abroad? Mm -hmm. So that's how we started, um, middle of summer, and just getting this call and then having a big family discussion of whether we should do this. And then we ended up deciding to go to that, not college, that middle school. Yeah. That is, wow. So it was midsummer, and then you started in September? Right. I was actually late. I think, you know, like getting visa down of takes course, a lot of yeah. time. And just like, you know, you want to spend as much time as a family. So I, I think I was like two weeks late into mm. the school. So that's also pretty hard. It's just because, you know, like, um, I think U.S. Co- not colleges. Why do I keep wanting to say college? <laughs> it's because we mostly talk about college. Right. So, but it's fine, yeah. U.S. high schools and middle schools, like, 
the students already know each other, especially these K to twelve schools. Like everybody practically grow up together. Right. So when you're just a new student going into that class, it's already hard enough because you're like basically inserting yourself to a friend group that has been formed for like the past five years. Yeah. And then I was also like two weeks late, so that also breaks up my chance to meet other people who just moved to this area who just started at the school. Yeah. So that was pretty hard to begin with, but people are mostly nice in general. And they're very welcoming because they haven't really seen a lot of, like, real Chinese international students. Oh. Of course, there's, like, Chinese Americans, but yeah. not a lot of people who actually just left the country of China. So that was pretty, uh, that was a pretty big thing for them, too. It's just a lot of students were, like, very excited to see me. That's so nice. I'm glad to hear that they were, they were very excited to see you because I feel like it really depends on the crowd. Some people, like, I'm glad that you lucked out with this one because some, I heard some schools are, like, not that welcoming to international students, mm-hmm. and then you just think it's weird. Right. So you've never been to the States before. I you... traveled a little bit. Oh, okay. Where did you go? The same place, actually. Because oh, the... <laughs> I was like, my parents are like, let's go visit your um, relatives. So it's <laughs> nice. like a little tour where, like, you know, you first visit all of your relatives, and mm-hmm. then, you know, on the way back to China, you got you got to fly to the major cities where you can, like, actually take direct plane flight. Yeah. So you just go to, like, you know. San Francisco, where you do a little tour there and then leave. Mm, so. Interesting. So with that experience, did you still have any cultural shocks when you started when you started in middle school? Like, I think my biggest cultural shock is just the location of everything. Oh, how so, so? I like the the schools I went to in China. They're pretty, like they're like pretty big size in mm-hmm. general, and but everything is all like together like Mm -hmm. everything whether that's like an academic building or that's like a gymnasium is all right next to each other but the the middle school i went to the first day i was in rolling band and they were like yeah you don't go to the actual school building you like you drive to this location that's like 10 minute drive away from school building because that's where like our students go to practice um for band and that's also where like football people meet for their practice (laughs) i was like i was like what yeah. Like, why is there, like, a, is that, like, a different campus or something? But then there's also no academic building there. It's mm-hmm. just, like, a football field, and then the band meeting room is in that location. So that, for me, is, like, the biggest cultural shock. It's just, like, like I think it's normal for colleges to have, like, a, multi, like a couple of different campuses. Mm-hmm. But for, like, a middle school, just to have, like, two locations, that's kind of, like, that was very surprising to me. Yeah, how kids don't get lost on their way, you know? I know, I know. I'm, like, I'm, like. I, you definitely do need to have a car to drive between places. And then seeing upperclassmen drive, I saw pretty big cultural shock because, like, even though they're upperclassmen, they're still just, like, high schoolers. Right. Like, high school people driving themselves and friends. Seems so cool. Seems like such an American thing, honestly. Yeah. It's like the movies. Mm-hmm. That is very fascinating. So what about academics? How did, uh, how did that work out in school? Because I don't really know much about American schools besides the the way they are portrayed in movies and stuff. So I would love to hear, did you actually get to choose your subjects? How did that work? Um, So when I went to middle school, my course already picked up for me Mm -hmm. because, first of all, I was an international student. You know, like, um, academic concerns are Mm -hmm. concerned about, like, whether your English proficiency level is at, like, or is your math too advanced for our, like, normal eighth grade math right. mm-hmm. so they already had a discussion and picked the classes for me but the school i went to are just pretty normal like u.s 
standard U.S. school where you have like mostly just regular classes mm -hmm. and honor classes, and occasionally you have a couple like AP classes. I know some U.S. some other U.S. school has like the IB system, right? But we do not have that. Actually, both of the schools I went to are not that academically strong. You mm -hmm. wouldn't consider it to be like the best academic schools, mm -hmm. but I think they tried our they tried their best. I feel <laughs> like in terms of like education, um, yeah holding up all the resources they can to give students the best education. That's but I just took very standard American courses, honestly. That's very nice. I like that um, you said that they're putting the effort because I'm a firm believer that um, you make your experience. Mm -hmm. And look at you. They might have not been the most academically strong ones, but you still made it to WNL, which right. is a very strong academic, you know, academically challenging university. Right. I feel like I am definitely being academically challenged today particularly, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. You it is deal what with it, it is. Yeah. It is what it is. So speaking of, how would you compare just the studying process, like academics at U U.S. university and U.S. high school. I know, of course, they're supposed to be like harder and scholarship, blah, blah, blah. But just from an international student perspective, what would you say are the major differences? Because you get to experience both. Right. I think number one is like college is more critical. Mm. College is a lot, lot less about memorization and more about like personal interpretation and argue, arguing for what you believe in a like a reasonable way mm -hmm. you know I had professor you know leaving me comments like like at first I was like not sure where you're going with this paper but after reading your reasonings I think you like argued very strongly about this mm -hmm. and that's nice to hear you know just like we don't have to always believe in the same thing but if you can see where I'm coming from that's a, that's a pretty good thing and high school is mostly just memorization honestly mm -hmm. a lot of testing just getting that knowledge from your brain and pour it out all at once for a test and then, like, forget about it later because mm -hmm. I don't know about anybody, but I, like, definitely do not remember what I learned in science classes just yeah. because of the way it's, like, structured. Like, there's certain things that I memorize pretty well, but not everything. Same, yeah, because it's hard, especially if you don't keep taking science classes. Mm -hmm. You don't get that reinforcement and repetition of information, and you just learn it. It's like, okay, I, pa I passed this. That's great. Please. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, bye. That's what happens to me, too, so I understand. And since we're on topic of, like, middle school, high school, and college, there's one lovely thing in between those two things, the application process <laughs> to colleges. And I just realized that I've never had anyone, any of the international students, actually talk me through what is happening. I know from personal experience, right. but I know there are some people who really want to study in the States, but they get confused about the process. Mm -hmm. We don't have to get in the timeline into detail because right. you know for you it's been what two years ago for me it's three so we all are kind of reflecting on the major parts uh -huh. but uh can you tell me a little bit of how that worked so were you applying your senior year of high school what happened yeah definitely so i think i started to think about college application the summer of junior year mm -hmm. i think that's also when most high schoolers start taking standardized testing like sat act that kind of stuff that you might want to do for college application of course nowadays like test optional is much everywhere and people don't even think about taking SAT or ACT but back then it's still it's still like a thing that you might want to consider so summer year of summer year well <laughs> the summer of junior year is when I started thinking about what college I want to do and I think the 
to start with is just making a list of colleges, right. like the safety ones and the the one that you kind of match well, and then the reach ones. Yeah. And I think September is when most applications for colleges are opening. Start writing the essay. I of course apply through Common App. I don't remember what the other platform is, but I'm pretty sure there's another coalition, right? Coalition application. I think. Yeah. So I apply through Common App, and they have that whole personal essay. You pick a prompt and you kind of write about it. Getting that done takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're just like, what am I even writing? Like this thing does not make any sense. Yeah. So getting that essay down, putting all the extracurriculars, and then just start applying to a ton of colleges. I did my early action one first because their deadline is normally like November 1st. Mm-hmm. So doing that first decision will come on in like mid-December or something. Early action, or just the whole month of December for me is like torture. Right. It's literally pain because <laughs> the first half of it, you're very like excited. Mm-hmm. Like most people apply to their dream school during that like early action period, right? And then I got rejected. Uh, I was really, really interested in going to like Notre Dame and mm-hmm. I got rejected I think mid-December that like diminishes all hoping applications right because the parents and like students like your peers keep telling you like you get in because based on like the student profile like you seem to like definitely have that stats or anything and they keep telling you that and when you didn't get in and it's right before Christmas so you're not feeling very productive mm-hmm. and it's also deadline for just regular decision and it's also, also like 15 days a week so you're trying to figure out what school you want to apply for the next round yeah. also because like sometimes when you get rejected by your reach school you start like having all of these like self-consciousness you're like right. shutting yourself down mm-hmm. should i go a tier lower even though like college tiers i don't think it exists because like every school has its own standard in admitting students that yeah. is hard to really say like these are the test scores or these are the amount of classes you should take to get into one no it's not like everybody's situation is different yeah everyone's situation is different no one can really guarantee you anything and i think right now rankings matter don't matter as much and matter less and less every year Mm -hmm. you can see because um there are universities who stopped one of the biggest ranking is the u.s one of the biggest u.s rankings is the u.s news one and that's what people used to refer to mostly Mm -hmm. but now i think what columbia is not a part of it anymore Uh and more and more colleges drop the ranking Mm -hmm. and 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 it looks very. I think WNL dropped like 20, oh, 20 yeah. places in that. We're having an article about it, but it's uh-huh. coming out this week because it's and it's just a very interesting dynamic because nothing really like changed on campus for it to right. drop. If anything, like it's improving rather than mm-hmm. degrading, but the rankings show otherwise. So it makes you wonder like what's going on. Mm-hmm. It. I have, have I have a really funny story for this. Please do. So my mom, she's a big ranking kind of person. Um, she. I mean, it's also because like you know when your parents are not U.S. when your parents are not in the U.S. They're trying to get gather as much information they can to help you with this. Of course. And like most of the public information you see is just like rankings. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that she's like very interested in how our school is placed on this US News rank, right? So the year that I got admitted in, I think we were like what, eleven or twelve at that time? Yeah, we were like very close to top ten. Uh-huh. And she was like, Oh Jesse, you know, you guys are like eleven or twelve. And last year you guys were like nine. So that's good, that's good. And then last year when I was a freshman, she also like, Yeah, you guys are like really good on the rankings. <laughs> and this year I was like, Isn't it that time of year where you're like Tell me what rank am I at? She did not mention a word. She didn't even like text me or anything. <laughs> I think she like realized we dropped and it's like, eh, it's better yeah. to not tell she her. Try to we protect dropped. your peace. That's so yeah. sweet. <laughs> but yeah, it's very definitely very interesting dynamic to notice, and we'll see. I'm honestly intrigued. And then there are some random rankings coming out that, that rank the billionaires like number one <laughs> or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, that 
looks nice and everyone reposts it. <laughs> it is so funny. You just go on. That's how I know. Like I go on Instagram and everyone reposts it and I was like, oh, nice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Great, great ranking times. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned that for the application process, you need some extra curricular. Can you tell me what you did in high school? So one thing I regret a lot just in application season is just not doing a lot in high school. Mm. And I I keep blaming it on COVID, but at one point you have to start realizing that COVID did not cause all the problems. <laughs> like just me not seizing that opportunity is a lot of the reason why I didn't do much. Mm. Of course, COVID contributed a lot to it, but I played in the band for four years and then I did some like, um, volunteer work there and then like at churches at like different nonprofit organizations and my biggest volunteer commitment is like tutoring I actually tutor at like a I think it's like an online website where you can teach your own class on just any topic you're interested oh that's really cool yeah and all the tutors are like um, middle school to like high school Mm. students and it doesn't have to be something that's like super professional some people are just like teaching like art like teaching like a debate class, helping people, huh. helping their peers to improve on whatever skill set that they're interested in. So it's a pretty nice thing to have. It's really cool. It sounds like a great passion project. Mm-hmm. And then I think my favorite activity, this is post, this is kind of like post high school because it's the summer before college, is where I worked for the UT Dallas Chinese Immersion Camp. Mm-hmm. It's a really good opportunity. I think it's like a three-week program where um, – just children from all ages, I think it's like 5 to 15, can send their, like parents can send their children in to like learn some Chinese cultures, learn some Chinese language. It's been happening for like two consecutive years, and I hope they continue to do that. Yeah. But it's a really nice program. I worked for them for a bit. I volunteered for them for a bit, yeah. Nice. And so taking that experience into consideration, now that you're in college, how did your extracurricular activities change? I think... Joining college, I definitely had more freedom mm-hmm. in terms of what I want to do. I didn't really like band. I played flute for like many years, but yeah, I I really <laughs> dislike playing flute. Part of part of it is because I'm just not a really good player, and <laughs> I'm like we stand a self aware queen. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like I just do not enjoy playing it, but my parents keep saying like you know just you know keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Like you wanna you wanna stay strong all four years. So after graduating, the first thing that went out of my life is um, flute play. That <laughs> never um, appeared again. So in college, I think one thing that I try to narrow down is like, what do I actually want to do? Trying to connect my extracurricular with my like academic life. So I start picking up a lot of things relating to education because I have that passion for like you know, just U.S. education system and like elementary education. Yeah. So I've been doing. There's a program in the Lexington Library. It's it's a literacy program where you kind of read with a local student once a week for an hour. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that for a whole year and also the summer, and I'm starting it, I think, in two weeks again. Then I've just been doing a lot of work for the Shepherd program in, like, the various, like, volunteer opportunities they can, like, help you to connect with. Mm -hmm. So Campus Kitchen is one of my biggest volunteer um, sites as Mm -hmm. for now. So having that and also the tutoring experiences, I think really helped me to like narrow down my professional life. Just seeing what you're actually interested Mm -hmm. in instead of just doing a range of different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to like try and see 
mm-hmm. in practice. Definitely. Um, can you explain um, what is the Shepherd program in Campus Kitchener? So Shepherd program is kind of like an academic department for uh, at Washington University. I do not really remember their full name. Yeah, yeah. But one of their major goals is to just, you know, talk about poverty studies and how that affects, like, local residents or just people in general. So in that program, you can take classes. They offer, like, internships through the Shepherd Consortium. Mm. But one of the biggest things they do is they connect students with local volunteer opportunities. So one of them is Camps Kitchen, which mm-hmm. is actually a WNL student organization, like, addressing food inequality and also food waste on campus. Oh, wow. so a lot of what we do is recovering food from D-Hall and then put that food into use to help the local community. So we do a range of like cooking, um, delivery ships, and also just offer hot food for uh, the other nonprofit organizations oh, in like Sioux City and surrounding areas, yeah. That's amazing, you get to see the actual result of your work and at the same time doing something good for the community. That's so lovely, mm-hmm. I'm very happy to hear that. Nice, And um, but you're not a poverty minor though, right? I am not. It's just, I originally really wanted to be one, mm-hmm. but then as I started going through all all of these different classes, there's just like some other academic subjects that I'm more passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I think this resonated with a lot of other college students too. It's just, you seem to be interested in so many different things, yeah. and you can only declare so many. But at the same time, you don't have to be in that major or minor to do the work. Like, just because yeah. you're a you're a like mass major it doesn't mean you can't do chef work you can mm-hmm. still help out with the local community so yeah i'm very glad that you are able to address most of your passions even though you know we only have so many days in mm-hmm. a week and so, so much time and just circling back you we were talking about college applications and uh, academics and extracurriculars but how did you end up at wnl why that is a great question i love telling people this Please because do. you know people on campus like a lot of a lot of time when you ask me like how did you get here and she's like oh my parents have been studying mm-hmm. studied here before and that's a lovely story and whenever they ask me I'm like I actually just got in and this is my best choice mm-hmm. so continuing that continuing that Notre Dame story so I got rejected by them and I was very desperate I at that time didn't even want to apply to more schools because I already applied to like 15 schools before then mm-hmm. so I, I was just like I was just like you know what I'm so tired of this I'm just gonna stop and my parents are like don't please keep applying to more schools because you know you want to seize the opportunity so I listened to them and just starting to apply to schools that offer no application fee for international students mm-hmm. and I applied to WNL is actually just because I got a really big package of flyer from the school and nice. then uh-huh. I was just actually just going through the stack of like paper I have and be like, should I apply to this one? Should I not apply to this mm-hmm. one? So I saw that they waived my application fee and I was like, might as well just try it out. So I applied to WNL, received the notification, I think like late March mm-hmm. or something. At that time, I was either going to go to our school or UC San Diego, mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. Just like, it's like a big city. It's a whole different vibe than like Lexington, Virginia. Oh. But taxes at, like, California is pretty high. And also something else I was concerned about is, like, student housing. Major, like, public universities all have that problem where right. you don't have a place to, yeah. where it's hard to have a good place to live. Yeah, and I, because there's so many people. Yeah, and then here, the first three years of your housing is pretty much, like, covered by the school. Mm-hmm. Like, you would definitely have a place. And then when you go to into your senior year, hopefully you already have made enough friends, had that connection where you can find 
a nice group of people to live with and mm-hmm. within like within like walking distance or within driving distance. Right. So that's the biggest reason why I decided to come here and yeah. Nice. And I, it looks like it's been working out for you. You're very involved. You're doing many things. Academically succeeding in this academically challenging yes. university. <laughs> of course. And I'm so happy to hear that your parents were very supportive of your dreams and they were like when you weren't maybe believing in yourself as much they were, I think it's extremely sweet. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, I usually ask people how did their parents react to their decision of studying abroad, but we kind of gathered that from what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, what about your friends, friends back home when you just decided to leave for, like, middle school? It's crazy because usually that's the age when you're so attached to your friends and you're right. like, we all are going to be besties forever. You're going to be at my wedding yes. kind of thing. So how did that happen? So the school I went to is a little bit special. It's a K to twelve school, but has two tracks. Mm. One is like what we call the like the regular track, where you just like you know go to the school, do the Chinese um, high school graduation college entrance exam, and try to get into a Chinese college. Mm-hmm. That's the one I was in. Mm-hmm. And there's a second track. It's called the international track. It's oh. basically an international K to twelve school, where like people. You know, and their parents already know that they're going to be studying abroad mm-hmm. in the future. Oh, that's so cool. I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. So at the place that I was, like, studying at, it's not un- uncommon for people to just suddenly drop out and be like, oh, I'm studying at UK or I'm studying mm-hmm. at America. It's actually quite common. But in the class, it's still pretty surprising, partially because, like, you know, I got the notification, like, mid-summer break. Mm. So I already told my friends, like, oh, I'm coming back next year because – that's that's the plan. Oh my, my my parents actually even enrolled me into like you know these um extracurricular like yeah. academic booster class where like they help you to get better grades or something. <laughs> they already enrolled me in that because um you basically also have to take an exam to enroll in a Chinese high school. Mm-hmm. So I was already doing that class like learning all all those like advanced math mm-hmm. just to have better grades, and then suddenly we're like. Actually, we have a uh, we have a change of plan because we're not gonna do the exam because we're not even gonna be studying in China anymore. Oh my god! So that was very surprising, but I think overall it turned out pretty good. At in the in my class, I know like a couple other people who also started doing high school in the U.S. or um, some other country. I don't know the names off. Forgot about it, but it wasn't that surprising. But mm-hmm. still, at that age. It's a little bit, like, me thinking about it right now, it's just, like, how can, like, how can I just be there with nobody else, just myself and some relatives and, like, survive the entire mm-hmm. journey? It's just, like, it's actually kind of crazy, but... It is. If you think about mm-hmm. it, it's wild. Yeah. You really said bye, Felicia? <laughs> I, I, I was, like, I, I guess, like, the young age just make you fearless. You know, you yeah. don't know what you're facing. Yeah. And then at that time, COVID is non-existing. So nobody also know that like COVID would have like, such a big impact on international student life in general. So, mm-hmm. speaking of, uh, so you said that your immediate family is still back home. Uh, do you come to visit them often? Have you have you have you been able to do that, or do they come visit you here? How does that work? So my parents are really busy with their work, so every summer vacation they're just working in general. Mm-hmm. Also, their summer vacation is like a whole month delayed. So uh, I think they start summer vacation in, like, what, like, end of July? Oh, wow. Which is when, like, most U.S. 
summer vacation is already like starting to end. Yeah, like yeah, mid-August yeah. <laughs> when you start to like prepping up for school again. Mm-hmm. So that time just doesn't work out very well. And I originally was going to like go home once a year or something. But since COVID happened, you know, that all of that just went outside, out of the window. It's just mm-hmm. like visiting home. That's like that's not the plan anymore. Yeah. Tickets are just very expensive. And like I think two years ago, Chinese China also had like a really strict quarantine rule. So mm-hmm. even when you go back, the amount of time you're actually able to spend with your family is pretty limited. So my parents and I, we just basically decided it's not really worth the money mm-hmm. to fly back. And then it's also not worth the risk. Because, you know, like, back then, people are not very sure about what COVID is, mm-hmm. how, like, deadly this this thing is. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, there's a lot of, there's, it's a risky chance to fly home on that, like, 13-hour flight. You can definitely, like, it, you're, you're you can get COVID on that plane. Yeah, so. of course, yeah, because you're exposed to so many people for, in a very limited, mm-hmm. uh, um, what's, what's it called, limited area for a very long time. So. Yeah. That makes sense. And do you have any advice for people who plan to tell their parents or friends that they're studying abroad? Like like people who are going to to like study abroad for college or just in general? Um in general would work too, yeah. I think show your parents that determination. Mhm. I think especially at a young age when parents are concerned about whether you should study abroad. Most of the time, they're just concerned that whether you're able to, you know, get through all of these difficulties by yourself. Because it's true. I have seen some people who stopped their study abroad journey because of COVID. And I have seen people, like, dropping out of high school or, like, didn't continue their college education because of, like, a certain, like, really unfortunate event in life. Mm-hmm. And the, all of that is very, like, understandable. It's just, like, when life comes, you, you, you don't have to... You, you're not always going to be choosing what's logic mm-hmm. over, like, what's emotional. So just show your parents that determination that you have a goal in study abroad. Yeah. And just demonstrate that these are the steps that you're going to try to achieve that goal. I think mm-hmm. that's what parents want to see for the most time. Yeah. And they, they, if you're so determined and you have a plan, then they are feel more safe and secure in what you're doing. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great advice, Jackson. Really, really, (laughs) really good and thorough. I love it. So um, just circling back to kind of general culture thing, Mm -hmm. China has a very distinct and strong culture. Mm -hmm. What was your transition to, like, to the U.S. culture? I know you were still very young, but, like, how did that transition happen? And what are some major cultural differences that you've noticed? So I don't have the best transition story i feel like ooh, it's kind of sad to hear it's um what well, i think i should just put it in that way when you were younger and you're you don't have like parents right there to guide you through certain mm-hmm. like difficulties in life you start just you start to just wonder like what you really want to be and then that's not that's not bad you know like trying to figure out who you are but sometimes what happens is like you want that to happen immediately and you take a detour and then that leads to some bad life choices or like mm-hmm. decisions. So when I went, was at middle school, it's um, Oklahoma isn't like the most diverse state. I feel like right. it's in the it's it's not the the place I went to doesn't have a lot of like minority students in general. Mm-hmm. So I at one point I just like I just want to be like everyone else. I just want to be accepted mm-hmm. instead of like like people curious about me being Chinese. I just want to be treated as a normal student or something 
So I started to just do a lot of the things that I'm not proud of as of now. Like, yeah. So it's not the best experience in terms of like what I did. Nothing I did is like 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 morally corrupted yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just when when you're a teenager, sometimes you do make questionable life choices. Of course. And then you look back on it, it's like, why did I do that? <laughs> like, why did I think that is a good thing to do for my personal like emotional health or something? Yeah. So assimilation is a, I think it's a really tricky topic for international students. You know, like I, at what point is it just? Is at what point you should we should just accept that no matter what we do we're always gonna be slightly different than the yeah. domestic students here and just like accept that accept that we are different and then this is our true identity and there's nothing wrong about it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so interesting that people have not like dramatically different takes on that, but I think um, there is like two different angles that you can look at it from. As you were saying, like oh, you're always gonna be like a little bit different. But and you have to like embrace it and like you know just mm -hmm. because it's you and I totally agree with that and there are also people and there are also people who are trying to like oh like we're gonna get so culturally adapted to the United States that sometimes you can't really tell a difference mm -hmm. you can't tell that that little part yeah so I think it's like two different approaches the people who make um, being an international student their personality. Like mm -hmm. me, I have a radio show about it. <laughs> I literally, I literally, I was like, you know, I love it. You know, it's it's fun. And there are people who are like, I, what is my country? <laughs> I'm from um, Virginia. <laughs> where yeah. where do you live in Virginia? And you're like, mm, do you? I don't think so. Yeah, it's. I think people's interpretation and just perception about this is very different. Yeah. And especially, like, even we're college students, we're supposed to be, like, what, a bit more mature than high schoolers? Mm -hmm. Not even just high schoolers, than our high school selves. But, you know, like, this is still a learning process for every single one of mm -hmm. us. It's like, even, I feel like after I graduate college, I'm going to be like, why did you do that in college? Like, why do you think that is a good choice to make? But still, like, you know, learn from your mistakes and hopefully to not repeat them in the future. I think yes, that's what I... that's the key. Mm -hmm. You know, we all make mistakes. The question is what you take out of those mistakes. Yep. That is interesting because I feel like college is such a great um, kind of demo version of life where you mix with those a bunch of very different people who have their own thing going on. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you, can you will still make decisions that may impact your college life a lot but in a you know greater scheme of things it doesn't matter mm -hmm. so it's a safe environment to make those mistakes right and then reflect on them reflect on as, them. as long Definitely. as you reflect on them that's yeah. that's my thing you just have to reflect and don't do that again mm -hmm. i think that's the whole that's how it should work i think going off on that topic so like one of the mentality i had as a younger person is just like every time i move to a new place to live where like you know begin up beginning of high school like beginning of college i keep thinking like you know this is the time to like start new. Mm -hmm. I now that I think about it, I feel like maybe I shouldn't say this is the time to start new, because if I want to start new, that means what? Like I want to throw away everything that happened to me before. Mm -hmm. But that's not. That's still part of me. Like you might want to. You might want to say that I do not want to remember this memory. Mm -hmm. But you still will remember it, and it will pop up to your like at unpleasant places. Oh yeah. Like when you're doing that, like calculus exam, and it's just like. Oh, why did I think about that happening in middle school? Yeah. So I, I feel like now that I want to correct myself, I want to say I don't want to start new. I want to start with a whole 
I was a, I was a slightly different mentality in which I want to learn from my past experiences and hope to make better choices in the future. Yeah, yeah. That's very mature. I love this. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Such a great philosophical approach. Wow. It's really like, you know, like blows your mind kind of thing. Because you can just keep hearing people say, oh, I want to start fresh, I want to start new. But then you can't just throw away the baggage of experience you have. Yeah. What you can do is use it effectively to make this time better. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that's a very healthy approach. And um, we started talking about like studying abroad. And you ask, oh, is it for study abroad or is it for like studying for college? During your college time, do you plan to study abroad? Have you studied abroad? I haven't studied abroad. I also do not plan on studying abroad because it's just some like personal circumstances. I just would like to stay in the U.S. during this Mm -hmm. college period. But I honestly like Zubinow has such a great supporting program for people who want to study abroad. I went to the like study abroad fair that happened like I think last month or something. And all of those classes just seem so interesting. So I would say to like whoever is listening out there and if you're considering like do a spring term abroad, which is like a short experience, definitely mm-hmm. do it. Like it's pretty, it's, it gets you like to, you, it gets you to think about things that you really never thought about and then just yeah. learn from that. Because I feel like if I always stay at China, I wouldn't have the same mentality that I have now. So yeah. that I'm happy that, you know, like this journey is like what well, a mixture of pain and joy, but those all of those are like part of me now and i'm happy that i am who i am because of those things yeah they make up your amazing personality that now i get to talk to and work with i Yay. love that oh yeah yeah and why um jesse and i are having such profound discussions on transition to college is because we're actually working together on a podcast voices from the generals right for heart center for teaching and learning at washington and lee to actually investigate and research the topic of transition to college. Mm-hmm. And we invite lovely guests to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why the college transition is such a key topic in almost all the conversations that we have. Right. We just keep circling back to the transition because it's such a fundamental part. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is like what free advertisement for it is for yeah. voice in general. So, it's um, a great podcast. Yeah. You should check it out. I mm-hmm. think it's amazing. <laughs> I heard the hosts are very funny. <laughs> Anyways, so um, a lot of the transition to uh, to a new country, to a new culture, people who go study abroad, there are, especially if it's not an English-speaking country, people from WNL who study abroad are required to take a language. Mm-hmm. So for you, when you started middle school in the States, how was your English? Did you learn it before? Did you learn it in middle school? Can you tell me a little more about that process? Yeah, so um, I definitely started English in first grade. Back when I was younger, um, Chinese parents like to like enroll their children into like advanced English classes. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a school program. It's just like a extracurricular they like to do. Mm-hmm. I was never enrolled in it because like my mom really respects my like personal agency, and she'd be like she'd be asking like, "Do you want us like mm-hmm. do this?" And I tell her, "Nope," <laughs> and then she just actually didn't enroll me in it. So when I first started like learning English, I was very bad because everybody else already knows the alphabet, knows some basic mm-hmm. words. And I'm just like, what even is this? So yeah. I remember very vividly the first, like, actual word that I learned is coat. I don't know oh. why, but it, that's just that just appeared in the first lesson. <laughs> and then as as I started enrolling in this like um this really big middle school that has like the regular and international tracks, they have a very strong English program. 
And coming out of elementary school, I saw my English was pretty strong. Mm-hmm. The first test I scored at middle school, I think it's below 60. Oh, wow. Because everybody else is just so advanced in their English proficiency, and I'm just not at the same level. So that definitely, like, was hard on me just because, like, you know, something you saw you were, like, pretty good at, you're not very good at. Yeah. In comparison to some other peers. But I was able to, like, pick it up from there and just try to, like, you know, learn more English. But once I got into um, the U.S. middle school, things are very different. Mm. Everything you learned before, those are like book conversations. Right. You know, nobody really say like, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And you like, yeah. nobody speak like that in normal like life. You? Yeah. Question sup, mark. Sup, sup bro. <laughs> Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was hard to begin with. I think I lack, when, when I first came here, I lacked the, the, like the daily interaction vocabulary. Mm-hmm. People had a hard time understanding what I was trying to say. I was actually able to talk to a friend I made in eighth grade. And I I remember him telling me, like, like Jesse, you sound so you sound so proficient in your like US teenager texting now. I like I was like, what does that even mean? Like yeah. it was like when you were in middle school, you used to text, like, you know, every word is like spelled out and now you're just using the letter U instead of like Y O U. I'm like, oh, yeah. thank you for telling me my uh texting is becoming just like everybody else. <laughs> oh my god! So no, that, basic. yeah. So that was hard to begin with, just to have that transition from you know book English to like actual American English. Yeah, that is very interesting because it is hard. Like even if you know the culture, you think you know the culture, and you learn it as much as you mm-hmm. like, as much as you could in your home country, like. It's, it's still hard, mm-hmm. especially when I moved, because I only moved for college. Like, WNL was the first time I visited the U.S. in general. And Haley, my roommate Haley, she was also the first ever guest on this podcast in season Aww. one, episode one. Yes. And um, she's OG. <laughs> <laughs> and she had to teach me so many things. Like, I knew the culture. I knew, like, the entertainment and everything pretty well. But just, like, some little references that people make or, like, her telling me something. And I was like, oh, what is that? Mm -hmm. And I feel like at this point, even if I don't know something, she already kind of assumes if I don't know it. And most of the time she's correct. So she just, like, I don't even have to ask anymore. She just proceeds to give an explanation. I think just it's just a little thing that you can do for your international friends. If you think it's a niche thing, Mm -hmm. it's a cultural or especially if it's only the U.S. thing, please just do a little shout out a little you know explanation when we're not forced to ask you because that's awkward right and, and sometimes you just don't want to ask sometimes i just go like uh-huh okay mm-hmm. whatever and I, just get move it. Up. I get it yeah because yeah. it's so awkward it is and whenever i i i don't know when this happened but i think i was just laughing along with everybody else when i was in like middle school or something mm-hmm. but i didn't really get what they're saying and then <laughs> i think my science teacher she was like jesse do you get what they're saying i was like nope I absolutely do not understand what yeah. they're saying, but I'm just laughing because, like, what else can I do? Yeah, to be included, you just act like you understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of English, to apply to the U.S. universities, if you haven't studied in the U.S. schools, you need to pass, uh, like, a language exam. It can be a TOEFL, IELTS, or Duolingo English test for some schools. So for you, I assume you didn't have to do it for the university, but did you have to pass any sort of, like, English examination before you started, like, middle school? Yeah, I did the, is it called TOEFL? TOEFL, yeah. Okay. Uh, I did that, the junior version. 
Oh, okay. Yes. I was like, girl, if you passed yeah. OFL in middle school, I'm just going to resign. Yeah, that test is hard. It is. Even the junior version, like, at that age level, is still pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, for, like, you know, what, what, what would be that age group? Like, tweens? I guess. Like, yeah. teenagers, like, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. Yeah. It's still pretty hard for them. And I do not know what the TOEFL, like, exam actually looks like because... You know, like, if you look at the international student ap- application page, it will say, like, if you have a study at a place where English mm-hmm. is the primary language of instruction, you don't you don't have to do the exam, but we would prefer if you do submit yeah. to demonstrate you have proficiency. Uh, so just to meet that little side note standard, I actually did do Duolingo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, TOEFL is hard. I didn't know they offer junior versions. That's pretty cool. That makes yeah. sense, though. I never, I never heard of it, but that makes sense that they do that. It's not as popular. It doesn't its audience is mostly like people who want to do like middle school or high school. Yeah. But I think when you try to do high school, then you should also like start doing like TOEFL exams. So yeah, probably. I th- so I think it's not a very popular test. Mm. Yeah, because I know a lot of people go through programs like like Flex or some private companies that do exchange, so it's probably different for them. But I've mm-hmm. never done it, so I don't really know. But it is exciting that, you know, every day we learn something new. Every day we learn something every new. Every day we learn something new. And to just wrap up our conversation, I want to ask, I always ask, this is my favorite question, what advice from your personal experience would you give to students who plan to study abroad? Okay. Mm, this is a really that's a good question yeah. i i feel like i should sit on that and just like think for a like a five minute period <laughs> you can you can take your time please i think what i want to say to like anyone who is currently studying abroad or will be studying abroad in the future just trust in yourself mm-hmm. and trust in that life works out in a very mysterious way sometimes we don't always get what we immediately want but that doesn't mean you cannot e- enjoy what life gives you it's like you know that that phrase when like when life gives you lemon you make lemonade <laughs> you don't have to make lemonade you can like squeeze that on like i don't know whatever food you want to eat lemons with mm-hmm. we're just like i don't know just make like lightly lemon stinted water or something you can sell the lemons and uh-huh. make money off of them uh-huh. you don't have to like truly go into the way that everybody expects you to be but enjoy that time and enjoy what life is giving you because you know just the fact that we're able to sit here and just you know have a genuine conversation is already like a treasure that life gives us. You know we could be ending yeah. up at different places or have like some a whole different life, but the fact that we're here just try to take the most out of it. That's what I would say to anyone who's trying to study abroad or is currently studying abroad because studying abroad has a lot of challenges. You know like yeah. homesickness or just like that sense that you don't belong here or like that hardships when trying to make friends all of that like affects our personal life affects our like behavior affects our performances in classes and everything but try to enjoy as much as you can i'm not i don't want to underestimate like that difficulties in studying abroad but at the same time like you know trying to enjoy as much as you can is like a advice that i would like to give to everyone i love it this is beautiful jesse thank you thank you so much for the yeah. It, it was very philosophical <laughs> I love it I think it's the perfect way to end this episode thank you so much for sharing your personal stories yeah. it was amazing and great advice thank you thank you 
new episodes air every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on WLUR, and you can also find them on all major streaming platforms. And don't forget to follow Veronica with a K on Instagram. Thank you.